If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. We got one of my favorite guests in the in, in the studio. Um, ben Greenfield is in town. Super pumped to have him here. Cool. Oh, he's one of your favorite guests? Yes. I yeah. love Ben. Ben, ben is... Uh, Probably one of the smartest dudes uh, I've ever met. Hence why he's one yeah. of my favorite guests. Yeah, he's a, every time he comes, I feel like I learn something. He's like Captain Knowledge Bomb. Yeah, he, he knows a lot of shit. <laughs> he's um he's like a fitness uh, eccentric dude. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah. and he walks the walk. That's the thing. Oh, uh, he embodies it. He's, well, he, he 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 does. He literally does everything he talks about. Yeah, all of it okay, at the same time. So yeah, that's awesome. I want. You need people like that before we before we formally introduce him on here. I think I've had a, quite a few people that were like, you know, you guys are like kind of anti-pseudoscience and he's kind of like the king of pseudoscience. And I'm like, you know what though? If there's anybody who's going to be testing and pushing and biohacking, like he's the guy. Yeah. Like his under- his He lives it. Yeah. We've been to his house. The dude, yeah. he came into our studio to record this episode that you're about to listen to <laughs> and put on, I'm not joking, he put on like this electrode. He looked like he was like helmet thing, And then he put did something up his it? nose. I did, did post it. Yeah, yeah. Justin posted it. He put something it. up his nose and, and it's shooting like laser beams. And, and he'll and do that in public. In you yeah. know what I mean? Oh, like, he did. He, he doesn't give a fuck. Oh, he wears Jesus sandals to dinner the other day. Yeah. The ones with the with the, with the copper, copper that they ground yeah, the, to the ground. Yeah, the copper in so it grounds. I love it. He does everything though. And and. Let's be honest, though. He starts with taking care of his his body. Oh, he's got everything dialed. Yeah, he he take he does the he he's done all the big things first. When I get annoyed by the pseudoscience people, is when you have somebody doing like like, like if he was wearing these these copper shoes to stay grounded, right? And he's but, eating donuts. Yeah, but he rolls coke. up with McDonald's and he's you know what I'm saying and he's yeah. like doing drugs and he's not working out and he's do, like you know what I'm saying like that that's the stuff that annoys me is when people are like so inbound they're not doing the big pieces that are going to make no he him. he does everything yeah like literally everything and then everything else which makes him a, of which makes yeah. him a great person to listen to his experience when he when he introduces yeah. some of these things because I feel like he, if there's ever somebody I can ask like, hey, man, when you introduced, you know, like the Wim Hof method, right? And started doing like the hot cold thing. Yeah, like, he'd give you a very descriptive. Yes. Like, tell me, piece. tell me what a, what a difference that made in your life. Or, hey, when you started sticking the laser up your nose and are listening to binary beats before you went to sleep, like what a difference did that make? Like, he's a perfect, like somebody else tells me that. I'm like, well, yeah. how do you know that had nothing to do with the stress, your stress levels, your poor sleep or the shitty food you ate yesterday? Like right. you're so out of whack everywhere else, mm-hmm. but that dude is dialed everywhere. No, he's dialed. dialed. He's that's, a, that's the word. He's also a podcast veteran. He's, I think his podcast uh, was a Ben Green, Greenfield fitness has been on the air for Maybe like ten nine, years, ten nine, years, nine yeah. ten years. So, which makes him ancient in the in the he, in the podcast world. <laughs> like uh, Apple two E. He consumes information like a black hole. He's just just voracious appetite for learning. Uh, great guy to hang out with and talk to. He's a fitness, uh, like I said, a fitness expert. You can find him online at beyondtrainingbook.com or Ben Greenfield Fitness. Uh, com, and his podcast is called Ben Greenfield Fitness. So, without any further ado. Here we are interviewing the great Ben Greenfield, the man. Benny and the Jets. Damn. Benny. Benny. Benny and the Jets. Finally, somebody can sing with me. Together, the spotlight's hidden. Some damn change the weather. We're gonna have you sit in the chair tonight, so stick around. Oh yeah. Gonna be electric music, solid walls of sound. I can't even hang with that. No, no, no. Have you seen him yet? That's good. You won't stop now. That was great. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna have to edit that. That's gonna. I'm gonna lose my job, dude. He's in my seat over there, hey, fucking singing Adam, that good, man. That's Adam, oh, he, took, he just took my job. Adam, listen. If I'm it was, in your seat. If too. it was as easy yeah. as, I, am I supposed to be in that seat? Yeah. No, no, no. We wanted you to sit right there. <laughs> if it was, if it was as easy as singing better than you, Adam, you would have been gone a long time ago. There's a lot more value to what you bring. Easy spot. I feel really insecure though now. Fucking it. You guys been. You guys been trying to get me to get like. They get like that and respond, and he just right in, right oh, into, yeah. right on. Cue. I love it, man. You know, you fit mm. right in. Yeah, right in. <laughs> yeah, that's why I grew a beard. Hey, oh, hey you know what? Can we talk about your beard for a second? It looks fucking awesome. I don't. Why, yeah. Don't shave it. 
Thank you. Yeah, leave it. It's like you got extra manly off of of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. Are you putting beard oil in it? I put, uh, (laughs) speaking of promoting product, I put the (laughs) Greenfield anti-aging skin serum on it every day. Oh, yeah. It actually is. It's like a whole bunch of different essential oils. It's like oregano and yoba and all these things, but it's been shown to smells like you rub your beard in a pizza? Yeah. Yeah, it kind of does smell like a rubber beard. Well, tell me a little um, bit about this because, uh, you know, I've... So it smells and, uh, delicious. Oh, and blue spruce oil, which actually, uh, the like, the idea behind blue spruce oil used in, like, like Eastern medicine and essential oil practices are that it increases, like, confidence and boldness and testosterone. So it's it makes you smell like a pine forest a little bit too. Wow! Which on, if you come Hell over here yeah. and smell, smell that's your that. si- no ice snozzle up the back of my neck. No, I think <laughs> you might have too much it's testosterone. Like yeah. We need to we need to reduce well, it a little blue bit. Spruce. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give you my flannel. It'll be a mm. complete look. But but what no, else? I, I put that in it. And yeah, what that's it. what else are you here for? I know you got a, you had a full plate while you're here. What else you got going on? What? I'm on my way down to San Diego to speak at the Unbeatable Mind Summit. Oh, awesome! Uh, with uh, uh, Former U.S. Navy SEAL Commander Mark Devine. Mm. And, uh, Explain what that is. So I mean, a lot. I just like to call him former U.S. Navy SEAL Commander. No, <laughs> for, for X X U.S. Navy SEAL Commander. I don't Mark know if Commander. you're ever. Yeah. An, an, I, don't if, I don't know if you're ever an X. Yeah. Anyways, badass. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's a conference that is geared around this idea that you should train your mind just as much as you train your body. And U.S. CrossFit and Encinitas and Mark Devine's whole organization called Seal Fit is based around this concept that you do everything from holotropic breath work to box breathing to what they call warrior yoga to a lot of mental prep work in addition to workouts that just completely crush you. And this is for everyday people? Yeah, they they have programs for everyday people. Like I'll I'll lead one of their workouts. So I'm I'm like one of their seal fit certified coaches or because I've done their their, you know, Navy SEAL Hell Week for civilians and they're they have another thing called a 20x like a 12-hour training beat down and they have an academy where you go and just really? feed through the fire hose there in Encinitas for for five, six days. And, and that's they, part they of the that's certification as as, or whatever. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. But the idea is that, Sounds you crazy. know, for example, mm-hmm. you know, a typical SEAL fit workout and, and a lot of Navy SEALs are doing this to train for buds. Like you'll have, um, you'll have movement prep, right? Which is uh, honestly like when I showed up at Mark Devine's Academy, did movement prep with him. We were out on what they call the grinder for like an hour doing everything from bird That's dog like bird grinder. dogs to, <laughs> no no bird dogs okay. to clam shells to jumping jacks to backwards bear like you know just just getting worked and after like an hour of that he was like all right let's start the workout oh nice and yeah <laughs> so so you have movement prep and then you go into strength so they do you know strength will just be a typical five by five or mm. you know whatever typically a few complexes and then they go into metcon where you've got like anywhere from a 10 to a 30 minute AMRAP. And then after that, you go into endurance where you've got 30 to 60 minutes of low level endurance and that's the workout. Wow. So, it, I mean, it just go like a typical workout will take two, two and a half hours to get through. Wow. So you have to, they, um, they teach you how to train people or whatever their, their method. And then on top of that, they're like, but you also got to pass these tests. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, uh, the seal fit they, I did their program called eight weeks to seal fit. I wound up doubling it and doing it for 16 weeks to get ready for their, for their hell week. It's called Kokoro where you show up and they basically treat you without, you don't, you don't get a boat or a gun cause they can't give civilians the boats or the guns, but everything else like the deep water torture and the, the cold <laughs> and, you know, getting the sand cooking awesome. in the sand and doing 26 mile night hikes and all this jazz. Like they people are just signing up you. for this shit. But yeah, yeah, like, like the workouts oh, okay. were so tough. But what I would do is I would take a typical workout and I would do like half of it in the morning, half of it in the evening. Cause I couldn't even do the full workout. Wow. All at once. Wow. Best shape I've ever been in in my life, though. What really? People pay to come do this. People pay to come do this. What do they yeah. pay to come do yeah. that? Uh, I don't know. But yeah. honestly, when I finish... I love whenever I, I ask when, him money yeah. details, he never fucking knows. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's uh, been like five different times when uh, we've asked him something. Yeah, he's like, I have no, no let's, let's get... No we, we, we can get back to that, actually. There's, there's a reason for that. Um, the, the idea... Is that uh, what? What were we talking about before you just completely derailed me? <laughs> um, he you, does oh, that, that to me all the time. Okay, Shit. so so like I finished doing the uh, the Kikoro, and after I slept like sixteen hours, I crashed on somebody's couch, just passed out, woke up, got on the plane to go home. But walking through the airport, you just feel like a god among men after mm. doing something like that. It's like <laughs> yeah, you, you you look at other people who are sitting there complaining about the fact that they got the sixteen <laughs> ounce instead of the twelve ounce frappuccino, and you're just like you have no fucking. <laughs> Just life through. is so put, easy yeah. for you. Yeah, I know, but but it puts everything in perspective. Like things seem easy after that. Of course, I think Adam wanted to know the, the cost because he's probably thinking, "Well, fuck, guys, yeah, we can put some well, crazy shit together." 
Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're thinking. Yeah. No, I, I'm going to line everybody up and just kick them in the nuts. Well, actually, well, no, I mean, we, I, we did one at my house. We did. We did. Oh, I, I had Mark Devine and some of their their uh, their U.S. Uh, CrossFit and Seal Fit guys come up to the house, and we had 25 people go through what they call a 20x, which is like a baby version of that, but it's still pretty tough. It's a 12 hour beatdown. And I mean, you talk about programming, like part of it is not complex physical programming as much as like a, um, you know, a brain fuck. Oh, so yeah. of course, like, like at one point I just had people put 50 pound sandbags in their backpack and we walk for 19 miles just up the road and mm. back and that, and, and half the people were just dead after, you know, oh, yeah. just, just walk. Did anybody street, drop out blisters and foot care? Yeah. Yeah, but you always get people dropping out of those things. Damn. Yeah. Forget that, man. So yeah. I want revisit uh, when I interrupted you and derailed you because I have noticed this about you and I've asked uh, like a couple different, even about your, even some of your own business. Like I feel you uh, really disconnect yourself uh, with the financial part of a lot of things yeah. you have to deal with. What, it, explain it, that. Well, first of all, it can suck the enjoyment out of things in life when you're analyzing how much you spent on a particular activity, whether that activity is a flight or a movie or a meal or, you know, even, um, you know, something like, uh, what was it that you had just asked me about? The, the, was uh, there the training the, you did? The, yeah, the, like, like, a, like a conference, like education. Oh, yeah. You know, the most successful people I know will sign up for conferences, seminars, uh, educational experiences that will cost tens of thousands of dollars. You know, they'll spend thirty to $60,000 a year just on educating themselves. And they're successful because they're constantly learning and constantly not just learning, but also networking at events yeah. like mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. And so for, for me to to analyze cost of a lot of those activities, particularly like education, conference, seminars, stuff like that, I will get an invite to something. And if I look at who's there and who invited You're me, like, Hell yes. I will forward that to my assistant who who manages all my my cards, my bank accounts, everything, and just tell her, sign me up for this one. And in many cases- See, I they compartmentalize it, so I, you always- self- I just won't look at the price tag. Well, right. they do say that uh, in terms of return on investment, one of the best returns on investment is just educating yourself. Have you, learning. Have you gone and done- George? Which is crazy, because I'll stand at the grocery store for like- 15 minutes trying to figure out which of the oatmeal brands is, is like 79 cents cheaper. So, or, or, the, or which, which kombucha is three ninety nine today instead of four ninety nine. you know? So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm super duper. We're fascinating. Cre- we're fascinating yeah. creatures with stuff like that. Yeah. Have you done, uh, have you done Jordan's, uh, business? We talked to him last night. Have you, gone through his, have you gone through his academy? Go to LA and learn how to seduce women. Yeah. Which he, <laughs> no, he, hate, he hates it when, when I, because that's, <laughs> that's not what it's about. It's, about, magician it's about being charming, right? Like whether it's in business or relationships or life or whatever. Uh, I haven't gone down and done it. My brother's done it. My brother, Zach, has gone down there and done it. And really? He spoke pretty highly of it. Yeah, but no, I, I was... I was just born charming. I've yeah, never yeah, yeah, you know, it was El Natural. Yeah. You don't yeah. want to become more too charming. Seeps off me with all that blue spruce oil. The, yeah. <laughs> you keep singing like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. That was yeah. that was hot. Yeah. Uh, we got questions uh, we, we wanted to answer. Yeah, we're going to do something a little bit different. Like, we yeah, don't we're really... like in a room just full of whiteboards, jam-packed with questions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, here's I, I, I really wanted to do this because, um, one, uh, all of us have a lot of respect for Ben as far as his, his knowledge in fitness. I mean, it's rare that I feel Yeah, like... he's one of the smartest people yeah. uh, I think we've, I know. I've ever... So typically we wouldn't even allow. Because I shine laser lights on my balls <laughs> in my head. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. crazy. He's, by the way, he didn't make That's that up. That's the secret. Yeah, he actually. literally... Literally, yeah. I got to make sure everybody knows. Literally, before we started yeah, we recording, we got pictures. He, yeah, we got pictures. He put on. It, so, if you remember the movie Back to the Future, when Michael J. Fox was back in time, and then the, the scientist dude yeah. opens the door and he's got that big ass thing on his head. Great Scott! Yeah, and he's like trying to read his mind. Or whatever. It looked yeah. like that on his head with a something up his nose. I'm sure laser Doug, beam. Doug will post no, it. it, it it's a, it's about 810 nanometer wavelength of light, and it was de- developed originally for neurological decline and for Alzheimer's patients because. It acts on the mitochondria in neural tissue. So you have a component of your mitochondria called cytochrome C oxidase. It upregulates activity of that, so you generate more ATP in your brain. The other thing that it produces when you shine that specific spectrum of light is nitric oxide. And nitric oxide can actually cross the blood-brain barrier and wind up in other tissues of the body aside from just the brain. So you get increased blood flow, increased nitric oxide production, um, alpha brainwave production. They they have if you go to YouTube, you can find uh, an, a full EEG analysis where they look at the actual brainwave production mm-hmm. and changes in brainwave states when you put a laser on the brain. 
and it's been shown to increase alpha brainwave production as well. Very. Do you so. think that they'll be using stuff like that? Interesting. Uh, because it's still it's pretty fringe, right? You don't see many people you know using it. It's not accepted uh, by mainstream. I mean, yet. I'd wear it in no, public I'd, for I, sure. I, I see it completely disrupting things like Alzheimer's treatment. Really? Now, now Alzheimer's treatment is multifactorial, right? There are there are all sorts of things from uh, ketosis to infrared to different uh, nootropics like you know huperzine, for example. Yeah. Well, they, I mean, they think it's a glucose issue. They think it's a it's like diabetes, almost like a type three diabetes. I've heard some it, some it, scientists that, call. That's a big part of it too. The amyloid plaques that can form as a result of glycation in neural tissue. But the, there was a very interesting. It was, it was three or four years ago, a case study with twelve individuals that they put through a very comprehensive program to reverse neurological decline that that accompanies Alzheimer's, and it really was everything in the kitchen sink. I mean, they, they had you know the the laser lights, and they had all the different herbs and supplements. They were in ketosis. They were pulling out all the stops. And as you guys know, you know, like if, if I hurt my shoulder, I'm not just going to slap ice on it. Usually for me, it's like topical magnesium, ice, electrostim, deep tissue work, retraining of the mud, like all these things you, you, that you throw at an issue. They work you know, better together the, too. The shotgun typically. approach, yeah. So, um, you know, coming full circle, the idea behind, you know, something like that, like shining the lights on the head, you know, it, it stems from Alzheimer's research, but it's really interesting how it can help with with not just staving off neurological decline, but helping with neurological function. This reminds me a little bit of what you, last night you said something at dinner, and I bet we will see, and we'll probably start seeing things like this with like your professional sports teams. And I thought it was a really good uh, tip that you gave uh, last night when we have dinner, you mentioned like, you know, one of the ways I've recommended chiropractors in the past is, you know, go seek out the professional who's got the local sport team or whatever they're helping because right. they're We're, probably on the. Exactly. Whichever professional sports team uh, or, or whichever chiropractic physician works with a local professional sports team, that's typically the guy that you want to see who's not going to be the guy or the girl who has that cheesy little gun thing. My, apolog- my apologies to the chiropractic docs, the clicker, which has never worked for me, or like the little body scanner that you stand next to and then the computer sp- spits out the $300 worth of supplements you're supposed to go yeah. to the front yeah. counter and buy. And it's like for- the Scientology. So I mean, when I go to the chiropractic doc, like like I, I want freaking like ART. I want my sacroiliac joint adjusted. I want traction. You know, I want the, the neck popping thing just because it feels so damn good. Um and yeah. yeah, so so you look for the person who works with the local professional sports team. No, I think that was great. Unless everybody on the local pro sports team looks like they're, I don't know. <laughs> out of whack? <laughs> yeah, like out of whack. Kind of walking, walking crooked and dragging one leg behind them. Like, no, well, they're yeah. in the – I mean, and sports has evolved so much with things like that that they're in the business of – you know, how do we keep these athletes healthy for this entire season? So, and there's a lot of money that goes into keeping you have them a healthy. lot of money, and mm-hmm. you, and and I love seeing it now because what we see, and I, a lot of people don't realize a lot of the evolution. A lot of people think it used to. A lot of people used to blame steroids and things like that, uh, but a lot of this is the science. How much we've evolved with being able to repair the body and and take care of it. Why we see some of these these super athletes, and we've talked a little bit about you know semantotypes and understanding like what body or mm. what what body bodies are best for what sports and that has a big role but a lot has to do with that too like you see i remember when the uh, the uh, ch- championship game last year with the the Cavs and they were showing LeBron's like his whole breakdown i was like oh shit this guy's using cryo he's doing like mm-hmm. he's doing like all the right things for like maximum Everything. recovery and like there's definitely there, there's definitely team teams that have got the guys on there that are putting them through well when you've he's got ju- a- he's jumping on the rebounding trampoline with the training mask on <laughs> Barefoot in grounding shoes. Perfect. Excellent. Uh, Shall we do the first question? Dude, read read away, Sal. All right. So one of our forum members, one of our our buddies, uh, Zach Harding, wants to know, why is it that the fitness industry seems to have the most amount of myths and lies floating around with gurus promoting their products with pseudoscience backing up their claims? So I guess in, in short, why does the fitness industry seem to be just inundated with so much crap? In my opinion, yeah. The, the I f- mean, this we can all go around. Yeah, yeah. we'll all go around. Uh-huh. But yeah, let's let's fire off with you first. Well, it, by being in into fitness, generally that means that you, for some reason, have high aspirations for your body or for your mind. In many cases, you have like a deep curiosity about ways that you could make yourself better. And in in many cases, you are grasping at straws to live longer, to not lose your six pack, to you know, to always have your boobs staying perky and 
folks get desperate to do, you know, just about anything that they possibly can do to not lose their fitness or to build their fitness or, you know, for the, for the skinny high school kids to look bigger when they flex in front of the mirror or for, you know, the girls to look good in their swimsuit. And it's very, very easy for fitness professionals to prey on that. Um, and, and make claims as, you know, folks have done since snake oil times to, to really prey on people's fear. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I see if, I, I think, I mean, I think it's just fitness is so motivated by our insecurities. And I think that's kind of along the lines of what you're saying that, uh, yeah. when people go to, when they're buying something based on that type of emotion, um, it's easy to, to, it's easy to prey on it. And it's not, it's, it's, it's not, it's the chicken and the egg thing, right? The consumer demands it. So the producers produce what you want to hear, which is, you know, get in shape in 30 days, lose weight real fast. You know, this is going to give you all the results uh, that you ever wanted with no work. You know, this pill is going to, you know, do everything for you. And then on top of it, so much of it is subjective. This is why snake oil, look, snake oil is the original bullshit supplement. I mean, there were literally men that would drive around town to town selling, you know, you know, these, these, these remedies for cough or, you know, this will make you feel younger or whatever. And there's that, that whole placebo effect, you know, and people buy things and they take them They're like, Oh, I think I feel it. This feels better. And it's a, it's a hard cycle to break, you know? Yeah. And, but I mean, look at other industries too. Look at the financial industry, right? Like that's, 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 that's that's got lots of, lots of fraud and promises that things are going to grow at, you know, (laughs) six, nine, 12% when they're growing at negative three or, you know, people who are essentially just laundering money. You look at, you know, the entertainment industry and the fact that most reality TV shows are fake and manipulated and not really what you're seeing. And like every single industry, what you have to do is dig through the crap. And in many cases, you need to realize that there is no one perfect diet and there is no one Mm -hmm. perfect exercise and there's no one perfect supplement. And if somebody has like whatever low luteinizing hormone production and their hypogonadism or low libido is due to that and a supplement that assists with luteinizing hormone production, like say, um, like bullbine or tribulus or something helps them. That doesn't then mean that if you go out and buy it, it's going to turn you into a sex god because maybe you make luteinizing hormone just fine, but you have poor circulation to your gonads or something like that. So I mean, you know, you always have to analyze things. Twist them real hard. (laughs) Well, you, I like that you, uh, you know, I think that's true. It's not just the fitness industry. I think uh, almost every industry is corrupt, and I think. Well, I think it's the ones really driven by ego. He talked finance, entertainment, fitness. These are all people like, oh, you know, I'm insecure about something. Let me Mm -hmm. give you, you know. Well, and I guess that that's another thing that would make it really difficult for somebody who's in fitness is we have all this, uh, you know, data or people before us. I guess you could say that have gone and kind of paved the way, and this was this is kind of the formula, right? Was Mm -hmm. to I remember when we first got going, and we talked about like. Man, the hardest thing for us was really the formula was get build up a network of people. However you do that, whether you're pretty and you do it, you're smart and you do it, you're entertaining and do it, whatever. You build up a network of people. Once you have enough people, you you sell them a product. And whatever that product is, it didn't matter. It just it ma- it mattered getting the network of people. Then whatever product came along that was willing to be the first one to take a chance. That's kind of the formula that so many of these guys kind of fall uh, victim to. And part of it is the whole system, right? It's like, it's kind of, it just continues to promote that because it's how everybody makes money. So to come out, to step outside of that is, I think it's really challenging. And to, and I also think like, I know who Zach is and, you know, some of these guys are some of our hardcore mind pump people that have been from the beginning. And I know we came out really strong and hard uh, at the very beginning and started, you know, prodding and picking fights with people and so we still have some of our hardcore people like that, that like literally like just, I feel like want to just like want us to smash everybody. And I'm like, well, no, that's never, that was never the message of mind pump. We, we kind of want to be a filter and like kind of what Ben was saying, we're not trying to say there's a one way of this and these people are wrong and these people are bad. No, it's like, we're trying to help people teach people on how to filter it themselves and mm-hmm. understand that process and what that looks like. And, you know, it's some and just be better informed overall. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. It's yeah. like, you know, information was a lot harder to access as far as like proper information, you know, unless you were going to school for these very specific topics. It's like you kind of relied on the guy that looked the best in the gym. And so, you know, you, a lot of times, you know, it was either hormones or something else that was contributing uh, to the to their results. But even even then, it didn't apply there. The way that they trained didn't apply to that person that was asking them. So. Yeah, 
I mean, you could extend that to bodybuilding forums too, right? Like yeah. there are, there are a host of N equal one case studies on bodybuilding forums with everybody on their, their specific cycles. And this is exactly what you need to do because this is what worked for me. And yeah, you have to cut through the crap. You know, one industry though, that, that I would say probably has zero fraud, um, is, is completely clean is the, the clothing industry. Cause I've spent a lot of time in Thailand and the number of real authentic Gucci bags and Nike shoes that you find there <laughs> on the, on the beaches, it's, it's right, flabbergasting. Right, like right. Really? how that quality persists worldwide <laughs> with, with zero fraudulent products whatsoever. It's crazy. So the clothing industry is still clean. Thank okay. God. Oh. At least from what I've seen in Asia. Oh, shit. God damn. No, I mean, yeah. Yeah. The bottom didn't fall out my Gucci bag. So it must be real. It's it looks real. the same. Who cares? No, what another great Still point though they all are it really is and i think uh well, it, i think the the, the training like one Oakley's. why people are so passionate about it because it's like it's it's you it's your body it's something like that so you feel so like angry when you when you got suckered right yeah, when, you, yeah. when you bought that thing that you thought was going to change you and you're like fuck you know i <laughs> yeah. spent all my summer savings on that and it was a gimmick and i had no idea yeah but there's also look there's also the information uh, that comes out that supports you know, eating a certain way or working out a certain way or when you, it's so, it can, it can counter, it can counter itself all the time. Things tend to, they look like they change, you know, one minute it's, uh, it's not good for eating too much fat. Now the next minute, uh, oh, wait a minute, fat's not the enemy. I thought, and what about cholesterol? Now they're changing their mind on that and sodium. What about that? And, you know, I thought I was supposed to work out and, and just beat myself up. No pain, no gain. Now you're telling me that, you know, I can train differently. And there's just, I mean, it's, it's an industry that's just full of, uh, of information that counters that it's just, it's against itself. Well, it's, it's not a hard science, right? So, mm -hmm. so if you look at really like we're a meat sack, right? And we, and, you know, technically we might be a little bit more than that, but we're a glorified meat sack full of bacteria. There's a whole bunch <laughs> of stuff floating around inside of us. And it, and it actually isn't as clean cut meat as sack. say like the publishing industry or the financing right. industry or any of these industries where things are specific and measurable. When my accountant looks at the monthly P&L statement for my business, those numbers aren't lying. They're, they're hard reflections of exactly what occurred. But when you're looking at the human body and you're looking at soft science, there are so many confounding variables uh -huh. that mm -hmm. it, it's, you know, sure, you could say it's pseudoscience, but it's also just soft science. It's not hard science. I mean, physiology and biochemistry um, and you could even argue to a certain extent, you know, biomechanics are, are really soft sciences. Now, when you're because you're somebody who is, I feel like, always flirting with those boundaries. And I know you've been said said that before. And I have a feeling that's why Zach even brought up the pseudoscience thing. And I, I whenever I talk about you, um, I explain to people like you're in a perfect example of someone I love to see test all those things because. I believe you really walk the walk and you are are always searching for biohacks and, and things to improve your life versus somebody who is latching on to the, the next newest gimmicky thing. And yet the rest of his health and fitness is so out of balance and fucked up. It's like you're eating like shit. You're doing processed foods. You're not working out. You're not sleeping correctly. You have all this stress. You're doing drugs. But then you got this thing on your head with a laser up your nose. I would be like, you're dude, you come on. You're a crock of shit. Like, get out of here. Like, right. fix all these other things first. But I really believe that you you do all the other pieces and you really are like applying these things and saying like, man, is this really worth, you know, is it worth the money? Is it worth the time that I do uh, all this and apply that? So I think it's really the motive that the person, and I feel like you educate your listeners and you explain about it, the science behind it. And it's, yeah, well, the world needs guinea pigs. That's, that's what I told my mom that I wanted to be when I grew up. I was going to be the president or just a guinea pig. Just do, do relentless self-experimentation on myself. Yeah. See if any parasites come out the eyeballs or a ball falls off. So, yeah. Excellent. Stay away from I'm Richard on, I'm still in one piece. It's actually worked out pretty well. I, I haven't really messed myself up. I, I got that question on a podcast a while ago. Like, what's the... Which one? What, like, have I, have I messed myself up? Have I done these biohacks and just, like, completely destroyed myself? Yeah, what's but the I, worst biohack you ever yeah, did? Yeah, and, and, and well, that was the weird thing. I mean, you know, I, I swam in the cold river, if that's a biohack, just to see how long my body could last and wound up shitting my pants and losing motor function for the day. Like, so, <laughs> that really like, happened? Cold. Damn. Yeah, but I mean, that is, that's not a biohack. That's more like swimming in cold water. Like, you could say it's a biohack, but it was just, you know, it's, it's called thermogenesis. No, I was swimming in a, in a cold river and being an idiot. And, Someone have to pull you out? Yeah, I, wanted, pull I just wanted to see how long it could last because I heard 19 minutes was, was what it came out to. I was just on the shore and I drug myself onto the shore and sat in my car shivering and <laughs> shitting my You're pants. Amazing. I love you, bro. Um, how, long yeah. did you, how long did you make it? It's like a random weekend in Ben's life. Yeah, He's like, you know yeah, what I'm going to do today? I'm going to go fucking oh, try and swim for 
20 minutes yeah, in the room. Yeah, embarrassingly, it was well under 15 minutes. Oh, really? It was, a, it was a, admittedly also a, a pretty cold river. I mean, we're talking about like jumping through the ice and the snow to go get in the river. So, oh, my God. So it was cold. Uh, but I, you know, I, I haven't really had had many. Most, most of the biohacks have worked out pretty well. I mean, even, you know. Um, well, you vet them pretty uh, actually, well before you, know, you even mess well, with Well, okay. So, so one that I did, I wrote a story on this. Have you guys ever used the penis trainers? Like penis the, pump? I mean, of course. No, no. <laughs> Adam's like, oh, yeah. Of it, it's called, so, so it's called no. the, private, the private gym. And they send you this thing called the private gym. <laughs> the private and it, gym. And it's a full workout routine. And they, they have the affiliates? weight. And it's, ju- it's just like that that old, you, you see this in a lot of like multi-orgasmic books or tantric sex books where one of the exercises that you do is, is the is a towel exercise where you, you get an erection, you lift the towel up and down, you know, as you as you contract, like like the pelvic muscles. Oh, I've been doing like that doing, since I was 13. Doing Kegels, and then eventually you go to a bigger <laughs> wow. towel, and then you get the towel wet. But this is actually this little mag- <laughs> magnet. I'm up, that to you two, just, I'm up to two beach towels in case you guys are wondering. It's this little <laughs> magnet that you wrap around your your penis, and it basically is supposed to increase the, the strength of the muscles. And uh, like my dick would get exhausted. It'd be so exhausted <laughs> from the training earlier in the day that I, it, so it kind of defeated the purpose, but it, it still, it, it, it made sense. But, but that made me think of, of this next thing. I'm actually, I'm, I'm going down to Costa Rica to a yoga retreat next week. So I'm down speaking at a yoga retreat, but on my way back, I'm stopping in Florida for this protocol called Gaines wave where they actually do, and, and they've used this as a treatment for erectile dysfunction in men, but they've also used it as a treatment to improve erectile quality. And the idea is that you blast almost like ultrasound uh, your your crotch tissue with sound waves. It's, it's called Gaines wave. It sounds like so it feels I'm, good. Stop, get, stopping in for a So, yeah, I mean, speak Amen, of, speak speak of, of pseudoscience, all I'll come back. I'll, I'll report on, on how it worked for me. If it worked well for me, I'll probably talk to those guys and say, hey, if I want to hook my audience up with this, if they're interested in it, will you give them a discount code? And you know, usually I'll get some kind of a kickback or referral or affiliate income from something like that. But I am never going out and saying this is going to work for everybody to get rid of erectile dysfunction, change your life forever. And, you it, know, is that typically how that works for you is you get a product sent to you or reach or you reach out looking for something you're interested in you try it out and then you reach out affiliate wise and see what right exactly so the the model in our industry in many cases is that fitness uh pros or personal trainers or bloggers in any industry really you go to affiliate networks like share a sale or commission junction or clickbank or any of these websites that exist where people have products that they're going to split revenue with you on for you promoting their product whatever their advertiser or their supplement or their ebook on your website and you're getting 10%, 20%, 50% kickback. And you go to these networks, you shop for the best deals. You look for the ones that seem to be converting high. You go back to your blog post, you post the blog post that is promoting that product and you may have never laid hands on it in your life. You might not even know who created it. You might not know where the raw ingredients come mm, from. Nothing crazy. like that. But that's that's how a traditional affiliate network or, mm. or affiliate-based business would operate. And there's a dime a dozen websites out there doing just that. Um, my model, if I'm going to partner up with somebody on on an affiliate based uh, relationship, is I'll get a product. I'll try like like what I'm doing with Halo right now, right? Like they they wanted to partner with mm-hmm. me. They want me to do a blog post and a podcast with them. So I've got this little you know it's right on my feet right now. This little TDCS uh, cranial stimulation unit that I've been using for my workouts to actually assess whether or not it does work if I do TDCS for 20 minutes before I do a can you explain, workout program. Can you explain that for everybody? Because that's something that's cool and that the Warriors, I know, just used it this last season. Can you? Yeah, can you? I'll tell you a funny story. Have you guys ever heard of the Goat Man? I have not. No. This guy named Thomas Thwaites. Yeah, he's, yeah he's, <laughs> exactly. He's a, he's a UK-based, uh, like, a, like a designer. I think he's more, more like an architectural designer, possibly a mechanical engineer. But uh, he uh, he wrote a book called The Goat Man, which you can now find on Amazon. It was just published this month. He uh, created a series of prosthetic limbs that he attached to his body, and he went out to live with goats out in the field to experience what it would be like to be a man goat and to see life <laughs> through, the, through the eyes of, of an animal. And you, and you can find pictures of him. He's got like this silly looking like helmet on that looks like he borrowed it from a triathlon, like an arrow helmet. He's got like prosthetic Man limbs goat. strapped to his arms, strapped to his legs, and he even created a prosthetic rumen for digesting food. And I don't even know how that works. Like, like if it w- actually was connected to his stomach, or if it was like a fake rumen that he just like put things into to <laughs> see wow. what come out. He was like, "I'm all in." Anyways, though, in addition to that, he uh, he used something called TDCS, which is uh, trans <laughs> direct. 
Uh, it's either Cur- uh, transdirect current stimulation or transdirect cranial stimulation. I'm, f- I'm forgetting whether the C is current or cranial. Mm. But anyways. Or crazy. Um, yeah, or crazy. <laughs> so he did TDCS on his motor cortex, which if you target with specific frequencies, you can influence um, to cause changes in anything from like motor patterns, use of the arms and legs. And in his case, he wanted to lose the ability to speak the human language. So he shocked himself. He wanted into, to lose the ability. He didn't want to be able to communicate. You could do that for cheap. You yeah, could have, yeah. have Justin yeah, punch I'll beat the shit out of you. So he shocked. He shocked <laughs> his motor cortex to help head. him become a goat and and to lose the ability to speak for several days while he was out living with these goats. Wow. It, it's an example though of how our motor cortex can be stimulated. There's another guy named Dr. Samuel Marcor, and he does research in cyclists and athletes specifically with TDCS to see what happens when you shock the brain to see if there is a reduction in your rating of perceived exertion or the quality of your workout after you've done something like that. There are other researchers who have looked at your ability to be able to learn fine motor tasks, like using TDCS for 20 minutes prior to uh, working on a two-handed backhand versus a one-handed backhand Mm -hmm. in tennis, for example. And that's the idea behind uh, this newer unit, this halo, that the the Golden State Warriors were using during basketball. Now, season. does it inhibit that part of the brain that it's stimulating, or does it stimulate? It's, it's it? got three settings on it, okay. and I haven't played around with two of them. Once for once for uh, right hand coordination, once for left hand coordination. I would imagine those would be something more for pitchers, single handed athletes, maybe like e gamers, okay. people who would want to enhance like hand eye coordination. I haven't mm-hmm. yet done any sessions for that. I've done six sessions so far with TDCS for twenty minutes prior to a hard workout, and it it does indeed lower your rating of perceived exertion. Like I, I will crush myself. I was telling you guys this earlier for like an hour and look at my watch and it's been, you know, it's been an hour. I feel like it's been like 10, 15 minutes. So the workouts go by extremely fast and um, everything feels lighter. And, and as far as skill acquisition, I really haven't made a hardcore attempt to like learn a new skill, but I've thought about putting it on and trying it prior to like playing guitar or, or mm. ukulele or so is there a particular setting that you're doing for what you're looking to do versus what someone else is looking to do? or is it There's, always, is there's it only the three settings on there, like prime me for my major activity, which okay. in most cases would be a workout, scrimmage, game, whatever, okay. uh, or the left-hand thing or the right-hand oh, thing. Oh, I see. And then you put it on, and it's like this really tingly sensation on your scalp. you got to get the little electrodes that come with it wet, these attachments, and then you put it on. You leave it on for 20 minutes as you're warming up. Like you go ride the bike to, to get the muscles warm. You could put it on during the – first round if you're doing a circuit or something like that and then have your subsequent two rounds you know be be post tdcs but it induces a priming effect that lasts about 60 to 80 minutes so after you've run it for 20 minutes 60 to 80 minutes you you have like enhanced functioning of the motor cortex wow fascinating yeah, it's, yeah, it's it, it, stuff like that is fascinating to me but it's also worries me a little bit right because you're, <laughs> you're the well because the brain We're is so, so influenced it's yeah. so complex and it, it the early science feels like they're targeting these 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 major areas and how specific can they be and you know one part of the brain might it might affect memory in a positive way but if you stimulate the wrong way then you lose your memory and- oh yeah you could I mean that's that's the other thing I'm doing right now I don't know if we talked about this the last time that we podcasted together but I went down to L A and did a, a QEEG brain map. <clears throat> to see which areas of my brain were excessively mm-hmm. produce, producing beta waves where I had increased distractibility, decreased attention. That's uh, when you were you were flying the spaceship yep, with your brain. E- right? Exactly. So so I stayed there for several days and learned how to use all their equipment, how to fly the spaceships with my brain. Basically, it's all based on reward cues, right? Like the spaceship stops making sound, the music stops, the exhaust stops coming out of the back of the spaceship when you stray out of the reward zone that you're trying to train. So the neuroscientist down there, he sends me my, my reward zone for each day. So it might be you know four to seven hertz if we're doing like an alpha brainwave frequency training session. And you'll go through these sessions. But the idea is that if you don't know how to use it, to return to what you were saying, Sal, like if I just say like did a 30-minute session where I upregulated beta brainwave function and taught my amygdala how to be super stressed out and right. how to get rewarded for being super stressed out. That could out. be a bad thing. Yeah, that could be a bad thing. So, yeah, you have to know how to use these tools, and you also have to recognize that you can kind of fuck yourself up if you if you don't know what – I placed the electrodes in properly and passed out for like four hours after a training session because I was so exhausted hmm. from producing fast beta at a way faster rate than I'd normally produce it if I were just, say – you know, talking to somebody or reading a book. Well, you'd be careful, so. man, because you're going, you got sound waves blasting yeah, at it, your balls. You got stuff coming <laughs> at your brain. You know what, though? You got to be careful, it's, man. It's, it's a fucking blast. You know okay. what, though? <laughs> I, got, I have so much fun with this. And stuff, it's a, another reason why I continue to say that about him. He's the right well, guy. He to walks do the that. walk. He's the, guy to, he's the guy to do that because he's also fully aware of the risk. And that that's the problem, I think, with a lot of things out there, too, is the, the pseudoscience that people will put out and then everyone just jumps on and you're like, wait a second, you just, just cause this person said it was good. You haven't even researched it or really figured out how you're supposed to use it. Where 
I feel like that's one of the things that's great about Ben's podcast. If you're not a listener already, I mean, he's definitely always pushing those limits, but then he also breaks the science down for everybody. I think that's so awesome. So, mm-hmm. uh, should we go to the next question? Yeah, Michael. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe you said that about me after I just out sang Benny and the Jets. I know, dude. Oh, so good. <laughs> uh, so Michael Vu wants to know if we have any words and philosophies that we live by and implement daily. Hmm. A lot. Yeah, have you guys seen Theodore Roosevelt's Man in the Arena? Come on, man. It's one of my favorite quotes of all time. <sighs> I have a coffee mug. I made a coffee That's mug. That's the best So every quote morning ever. when I'm drinking my coffee, yeah. I look at Theodore Roosevelt's Man in the Arena, which actually returns to what we were just saying, right? Like, who cares if you're, like, whatever, you know, in your mom's basement with a neck beard blogging away about fitness? Do you want to be in the trenches, in the arena? You want yeah. to be the gladiator out there getting your hands bloody and dirty? I like that one. But the other, the, the other very simple one that I go by is I make art every day. Like every day, whether recording something enchanting for people or new or intriguing or writing an article or even, you know, learning a song on the ukulele or whatever, like every single day, create something. Because that's one of the things we can do that a lot of other creatures like can't do so well. Like a beaver can make a dam and, you know, bird can make a nest, but human beings can create a lot of cool shit. Mm -hmm. And I I think that if you're, if you're just working every day and you're not actually creating every day, then you're missing out on a big part of what it means to be a human. Mm, I like that. But one of, that's my favorite quote also. I've, I probably read that, I'd say, once uh, once a month, the Man in the Arena one. Mm. And, uh, I mean, the message behind it basically is, you you know, you don't. it's better to be the man in the arena than to be the critic, you know, the one that experiences the successes and the losses. And it's just, a, it pumps me up. Um, actually, Roosevelt himself, Teddy Roosevelt, interesting character. I don't know if you've uh, ever read about the guy, but... Uh, I mean, he was a, He's you know, one of my he was a, he was a, a, you know, kind of a sickly child. Was he the crime fighter at night? Like I heard some story about that. Uh, um, well, I, I mean, he was a, he was a skinny, sickly child, always having asthma and just trained himself and, you know, learned, did judo when he was as a president, he would train every day and, you know, he led the rough riders when he was just a, just a tough son of a bitch. Just, a, I think he was giving a speech at one point, got shot. Yeah. More hair, more hair than Donald Trump badass. on his upper lip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, he looks like he's the one that looks like a like a walrus. You know the one they yeah, always yeah, make yeah. the cartoons about. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, spectacles. That's one of my favorite you know, one of my favorite quotes. And I think uh, for for me, just the philosophy is I I, I like to remind myself of just how fortunate I am. I think sometimes it's easy when you're driven, a driven individual, to get down on yourself if you're not at the goal that you want to be at. You know, it's easy to say, you know, God, I, you know, whether you're working out or even in business and God, I want to be over there and I'm not there yet. Why am I not there yet? And so it can make you um, forget about how awesome right now is. Mm. And so I think uh, every single day I try to remind myself of just how great things are right now. The journey is. It's so similar to what I might being mindful is like so important to me. And it's something that I feel like we always have to work on, especially if you have a you know, entrepreneurial spirit or you're that type A personality where you're like, we're always focused on the next thing and we're going and mm-hmm. being mindful and being present and learning to enjoy the journey and, and, and the struggle too. Like, you know, I used to always say so like, embrace it. Yeah. if life was easy, it would be no fun. Yeah. It really wouldn't yeah. be. If life was just easy and handed to everybody, it, the, the struggle is part of the fun. The struggle is part of the, and that's really tough to wrap your brain around and actually learn to, look at it that way when you when you're in it right because yeah. when you're your perspective on the struggle too though is super important because if you wake up and you're like oh today is the struggle <laughs> yeah. You know, to, yeah, yeah today and then I, you bring to, on the struggle today i fight again It'll manifest <laughs> yeah. today maybe i die no uh, but but if you look at that struggle and you jump out of bed and you click your heels together and you know you you rub rub your hands together and say all right time to go slay dragons yeah. i mean like that's a cool way to live life if if you recognize that it's not going to be easy but you embrace the struggle and you yeah. enjoy it and you freaking love to go out and get your hands dirty and fight yeah i agree and and one quick thing that came to mind by the way just just so it doesn't slip my my memory was when you're talking about mindful i read a book on the plane ride down here called the distracted mind excellent book for anybody Mm. out there who wants to work on mindfulness and see how living the way that we live now as humans kind of have a whole new library after hanging out with you dude destroying (laughs) our mindfulness yeah the distracted mind i think it's pretty new do you know who it is or no no, but I mean, it'll pop up in okay. Amazon. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, I would, I would echo all those things, but then I also, like, I'm always seeking better ways to improve and, and create that balance. So I'm always, like, assessing uh, where I may be somewhat dropping the ball. And so every day is, like, a new a new focus that I could sort of prepare myself for to make a little micro-improvement uh, as far as, like, building up the overall 
uh, experience and balance in my life. So that's something that I'm always like, I'm constantly thinking about. I'm like, you know, there's an area here I can make a little bit of an improvement and then, you know, and I'm going to revisit something else that, you know, needed attention. But that's always like this, this constant, this constant scale that I'm sort of managing. You know, it's funny when you talk to very successful people, I've known some very successful people in my life. And when I ask them about how they became successful or what it was like building their business or what it was like, you know, doing what they, you know, working towards their success, they always refer to those times. I almost get a sense that they're nostalgic. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, those were the good old days, yeah. man. We were grinding and, you know, I I, I had only, you know, $1,000 to my name and I took that and we built this business from nothing and we did this and then I had this small office with this real small team and you hear, you know, you hear what's coming out of their mouth, but you feel the energy and it's almost like, they're thinking back to the good times, but yeah. what sucks. But you a lot- know, deep down inside, if you send them back in time, they'd be like, "Oh, the hell! <laughs> like, get me out of here right here. now! Yeah. Get me out of here! Where's my Porsche?" <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, right. Well, that's, but, that's what I mean. You can't go that, back to that. But that's yeah. what I mean. When you're in it, you're so like ah. But then when you leave it, you're like God. That was that's what it's all about. I mean, yeah. I could go to the store right now and buy myself a trophy, and it won't mean a goddamn thing to me. But yeah. it's it's it's, it's the well, I have part. I have another philosophy. I feel like I kind of live by too. On in come kind of piggybacking off of that is. You know, once you've 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 been through that grind and you, and you've kind of you've reached and you've been successful and we kind of talked a little off air with Ben about this about like you know education and money like it's just you don't even pay attention to that because it, it's it to you it's invaluable to like be able to do those experiences. I also think the same thing goes for like once you reach this point in your life like my my focus has changed a lot and like now the the growing aspect and learning becomes so important to me above other things and then also to give to others like i think that i didn't care as much about that in the past i've i've always been a very selfish individual and it probably and i know that stems from being a, a coming up poor and stuff and not having a lot of things so it made me want a lot of things and that drove and motivated me but you know, later on, like it, now it's like, now I want to give back. Like one of my, one of the things that really gives me a lot of joy in life is, and it doesn't always have to be a monetary or it doesn't have to be something that's tangible. Even it's just, you know, if I can leave every day where I've impacted somebody's life in a positive way mm-hmm. that they'll make, man, I, whether it's, I like that guy or man, I can't believe he took the time to help me with that or do that. Like to me, like if I, if I go in each day, like I'm going to, I'm going to help somebody today or I'm going to do something for something today. And sometimes it's grand and sometimes it's unbelievably rewarding to where almost brings tears to your eyes. And then other times it's just simple as like, Hey, you know, help someone open a door today or something. But having that mentality of going in every day that it's not about you, it's, you know, about how you can impact others is definitely something that I think I've evolved into as I've gotten older. Hmm. All right. So the last question is from Garrett Gratchling. I think I'm pronouncing his name right. Mm, it's a beautiful name. It is. Uh, I, I would say Graeschling. Graeschling. Or you could pronounce it like it's German. I think it's actually A-E. I yeah. think that's what it is. Grayling. Yeah. Oh, is it Grayling? Yeah, I think it's A-E. Oh, my bad. H-O. That looked like a C. Who yeah. wrote that? Adam. I did. Yeah. Uh, so the question is motivation. Motivation, where does it come from? How to deal with the effects of failure on motivation? Having the right mindset. So I, yeah. Comes from your gut. You just learn. You don't have to motivate. You just need to shock your head when you're motivated. That's it. Blast some sound waves at there your you balls. Yeah. I think uh, this is probably the most common. Honest to God, guys, if we were to analyze all of our Q&A questions, one of the more common questions we get is this right here. How do I stay motivated? Mm-hmm. That's such a hard thing for people to uh, to deal with, especially when it comes to exercise and activity. I think. Don't uh, you think we were just we were literally talking about this with uh, what we just said? I think is embracing the struggle. Is I, I I disagree. Oh I, really? I, I think I think that you you have to embrace the struggle, but. Uh, from from myself and for any clients I've trained, everybody who has fallen off the bandwagon, who has gone through a period of time where they weren't motivated, have gone through a period of time where they didn't have that resistance to say whatever, you know, intermittent fast or avoid the sweet potato fries in excess or, you know, whatever someone's failure was where they feel like they derailed themselves and they somehow have to climb back onto the wagon now. It always stemmed from there not being a source of some kind of embarrassment, extrinsic motivation, or event that that person had signed up for. Whether that event was a what do you 5K mean? Yeah, or a 10K that. or a triathlon or a fitness competition or a weight loss competition or photos that they had to post publicly, anything like that. I've all, And that, that's why I, I, I have enjoyed most the work I've done with folks like triathletes and marathoners and adventure racers and cyclists and people who have a freaking event on the calendar. 
Right. Three months down the line, you know you're going to be towing the starting line of of XYZ event. You have no choice but to get out of bed and be ready or else you're going to be freaking embarrassed because, oh, by the way, everybody knows based on your Facebook calendar or whatever that you've actually signed up for that and committed to being there. Now, now that it is a very powerful motivator, but I'm going to differ with you a little bit because when you have uh, a particular – when your motivation is I have an event I have to train for, I have this – race or whatever when the race is over and there's a i can't remember the term but there's actually a psychological like event uh, remorse there is well, actually there, i know what yeah. you're I there's know a psychological you're term for it when you when you're over that and i've been there i've done that where i've competed and i was the, so post-race blues you yes. just it's like okay now what and you, you lose need it. that in order to get yourself and so then in you shape. get then you get these people who are you know these these soccer moms and these business guys in their 40s who sign up for marathon after marathon after marathon and race and after they race. Stand, stand in line the morning after an ironman with a one thousand dollar check to sign up for the next ironman yeah and yeah. they do it because that's how they keep their motivation and then a lot of times they hurt themselves they overtrain they, they beat themselves up i think the important thing and this is this has to do with really your and we talk about this all the time on the show your relationship to exercise and activity and your relationship to food if your motivation is performance or the way you look or something you don't like about yourself that will motivate you uh to a certain point uh but then it will get you will find yourself in a situation where let's say your motivation is that you don't like something about yourself well eventually you're going to get angry with that and say you know what fuck it i'm just gonna i love myself it doesn't matter what i look like and i'm just gonna do whatever i want and you lose your motivation connected the two of those you've connected your your body image to your self-image um and that is a that is not a uh, long-term solution when the person uh connects to exercise and food because they care about themselves, they love their bodies, they love the way they feel. They, uh, it's a, it comes from a good place of security and good self-image. Don't worry, body image. Remember that's separate, but a good self-image. Then the motivation is different because you find that you want to do it. Because I'll tell you something right now: if you don't want to do something, you can. You're only going to motivate yourself so long, and fitness is lifelong. Well, you know? if I if I put a clarifier on on what I was saying, I I do not think it's a healthy idea to paint yourself into the corner of being like that 50 year old man who's done 50 Ironman triathlons, or the person who's a marathoner and all they know is chronic repetitive motion running because that's that's all they've done their whole lives. What I believe in though is this concept of you retire and then you die, right? Like these people who retire and give up their jobs and don't have anything to live for anymore and aren't learning new skills or new activities. They just, they, they die early. I was just over in Finland last week with, with a guy who's one of the, one of the fittest old dudes I've ever hung out with. One of the most motivating, inspiring, dynamic people I've ever met. He's right now in the process of, so he's, he's sleeping with a helmet on so that he can invent some kind of a new pillow that reduces pressure on his, on his cranial artery while he's asleep in bed so he doesn't cut off blood flow so it's like a pressure helmet or whatever sensor he's riding horses but he's also taking the saddles that he's using when he's riding the horses he's making chairs out of these saddles to allow the pelvic bones to be split properly the guy doesn't have a uh, an extensive knowledge of anatomy but he's just figuring this stuff out for himself he's swinging a kettlebell he's doing sauna every day he's learning how to play guitar he you know he's he's constantly on this quest to do new things and that dude i guarantee wakes up out of bed every single morning motivated to go get shit done so i, I don't i don't think that you necessarily have to have whatever event that you've signed up for to motivate yourself to do what it is that you want to do be the same event over and over again but you know, for me personally, right, like I've, it's it's not always an Ironman, right? Like it's a it's well, an adventure race, or it's a it's a hunt, or it's a hike, yeah, or someone, it's rowing, rowing, you know, uh, learning to to row the paddleboard up and down the Spokane River. Right. Well, the uh, trainer, I, I I challenge the trainer and you to ask yourself though, what do you, what do we come across as trainers as the majority of our clientele? Like that guy sounds like he has a good relationship, and it sounds like you have a very good relationship, which I, I'm certain you do. Uh, with health and fitness and and that pursuit. Um, I feel that most of the people, though, that we know that are doing those marathons and doing those things, they don't have a good relationship. I would say a majority. And like, obviously, you know, and that's totally anecdotal. Like, I'm just saying in my experience of clients, you know, normally the people that are signing up for those marathons and those challenges, they have connected that with the best shape of their life. And so they feel that it's necessary for them to constantly be doing these races, you know, to in, in order to do that. And without that, because they've never experienced experienced 
uh, health and fitness and feeling good, whether it be a, a physical thing or aesthetic thing or whatever accomplishment, they've never felt that without signing up for these races or without, you know, constantly having to challenge themselves that way. So, you know, you have a very uh, neat uh, way of an approach. And I, it sounds like this guy you're talking about, too, does. I think that the majority of people, though, struggle with this. They struggle with uh, understanding that 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 relationship. Yeah, that they because have with you, it. Yeah. you have to consider, like the the you know the four of us on the on the podcast right now, we're all driven individuals. We get off on competition. Uh, it's something we enjoy. We have a passion for challenge. We have a passion for exercise. Most people don't necessarily have those. And so I think when people connect the dots differently and what they should do is connect the dots and say, I, I love the way this makes me feel. This feels good for my, this is, this is me enjoying life. Then you'll find people become more active naturally. It's interesting when people work on things like sadness and they find the root cause of some of the depression, they become happier. They naturally go and move. They naturally go out and exercise. Mm-hmm. And, and so most people are not going to be... It's just f- like addressing posture first. Yeah. You notice a, a dramatic change in the way that people behave, you know, in their depression and, and, and all these things changes based off of just holding and carrying yourself a specific way. So, yeah. I'm doing a power pose right now. Yeah, I'm telling you, the Y pose. <laughs> yeah, so I think, uh, I think, you know, if we can change the way people connect themselves to exercise and nutrition, you'll find more people simply wanting to move more and that's the thing it's your you know your body wants to do these things it's us that tells our body not to and it's all it all starts with our our, our you know our connection to ourselves and our relationship well, and I, and I, so and so so basically Garrett what what Sal is saying is redefine your relationship with your body what i'm saying is sign up for a bikini competition <laughs> <laughs> you know to to you know elaborate on what i meant by you know embracing the struggle too is i think that people I think sometimes uh, they beat up themselves when they they have setbacks in their fitness journey and their fitness goal, and they allow to connect that as like a failure. Like, you know, maybe because you tried this, uh, you know, ketogenic diet and it didn't work out for you, uh, you didn't fail. You've just learned something new about your body, yeah. or it's maybe self discovery. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's more like that, and that's what I mean by that. Or you know, you sign up for that race and you learn something about yourself. Like, wow, that really motivated me. I felt good. I felt accomplished. I noticed that my work was better. I noticed that my relationship with my family was better. This is something healthy and my good. Toenails all fell off. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. So you know, you start to connect those dots, and 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 let's be honest, in fitness, in, in the overall journey of health and wellness for all of us, it most of it is a struggle. It's it's not easy. A lot of people struggle with weight loss and 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 feeling good and being able to build muscle and look the way they want to look. Like so, a majority of those out there are having a hard time accomplishing that. And that we, I always try and let pe- people know that like it, it's not easy. It's it's. I mean, we've been I've been working at this for over 15 years of my life, and I'm still learning and I'm still getting better and like figuring out stuff. Like oh wow, like I would have never thought that that worked so well for me. So. I think it, that's what I mean by um, embracing the struggle is is accepting that you know it's not necessarily a failure because you tried something or you have incorporated something into your life and it didn't give you you know these quick results to look a certain way and that's what I mean by you know embracing that and then also working on that relationship side. You know, too. Ben, I, I want to uh, you talked about um, using the saunas in Finland. I know that's mm. a, that culture is huge on yeah. that. What's that like over there? Oh, uh, dude. So, so they've got these big traditional Finnish sauna houses that you'll go to. So, so the first night that I got there, and anytime I travel internationally, I like to find some kind of a bathhouse because I'm gay. Um, <laughs> no, I, well, I actually. Somebody here got excited. <laughs> um, so a Turkish bath or a Russian bath or a Japanese bath or a Finnish bath. If you can find some kind of a cold, hot contrast therapy that you can do for, you know, the increase in uh, in heat shock proteins and brain derived neurotrophic factor and endothelial nitric oxide synthase and uh, activation of the FOXO gene, which is basically like like a longevity based gene. There's all these different beneficial effects that occur when you're engaged in hot, cold contrast, and especially like the blood and lymph flow part of it. When you're jet lagged, it's it's enormously helpful. And cold also helps with the tone of your of your vagus nerve, which is important for innervation of most of the organs in your body. So the idea is that I'll hunt down a you know some kind of way that I can do like 15 minutes heat, five minutes cold, three times through for like an hour long post jet lag type of session. 
In Finland, there are 20,000 saunas, meaning everywhere that you go, everybody has a sauna in their basement, like a nice sauna, like one of those dry, nice saunas with the cool rocks in it that you splash the water and the essential oils mm. in so it smells like eucalyptus nice. or whatever. But like, and you got like the, the cedar, I don't know if it's cedar or oak or what kind of wood that they use in those, but they just smell amazing. And you walk into the saunas in Finland and not only do they have these big traditional saunas that are enormous, vast rooms, as, l- as large as this room we're in right now, these big cavernous saunas that stay hot because the fires are so freaking huge. But most of them are next to like the Baltic Sea or these icy cold bodies of water like lakes and rivers. And so you'll stay in the sauna and sweat and sweat and sweat and then just go plunge into the icy cold frigid wilderness and come back into the sauna. And you that back and, and forth. And they have like birch barks that you whip each other with and like special like oils that you wash each other down with it's all co-ed which is which is really weird for me at first was you'd walk into the sauna and just be a bunch of guys and girls nude whipping each other with branches and, you know, <laughs> this sounds awesome but, wait a minute but, legit legit but, everybody's sh- completely naked yeah, nobody legit. covers themselves yeah con- yeah everybody's completely naked I, i've gone a few no times with, so with, with oh. americans who have put on big towels just just to because Americans have this this yeah. uh, this yeah, idea that, that any nakedness is automatically sexually related, Yay. but but there's the interesting thing is in Finland there can't be talk of business when you're in the sauna. There is no sexual activity in a sauna. Like like it, all it is is just relaxation and being like an eight year old kid in there, just big smile on your face, hanging out, soaking in the the amazing feeling that your body has with the heat and the cold. And I did it every day for two or three hours every day. I was in the wow. sauna back and forth from the sauna to the ice in Finland and left Finland just feeling freaking amazing. You know, since we when we met with you last, uh, when was it when we were, were up? Uh, you impacted all of us. All of us have been doing it. So I've been doing uh, steam, uh, very, very hot steam. And then I'll do just a freezing cold shower. So nothing like uh, what you're talking about. But I have noticed um, significant effects. The first thing I noticed was my tolerance for hot for hot and cold got much better so obviously something in my body's adapting to that mm-hmm. yeah, it's some kind proteins. of a, it's some kind of a stress adaptation right but i noticed my skin felt better uh i felt like i'm recovering better sleeping better and at first i was like okay this this has got to be this, this i wonder if this is a placebo or if this is legit and then i would go for you know four or five days without doing it and i could definitely tell a difference oh, we, we didn't even scratch the surface like the growth hormone release the increase in the ability to maintain muscle in the absence of actual loading or strength training um, like, like the, so it's good if you like, let's say um, you hurt your knee and you can't work out. Right. Do that. Exactly. Are you mm. familiar with uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick? Yeah. 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 She talks fitness. about it all the time, right? Yeah. So, so I was over in Finland with her, I was, which was really interesting because I was doing a lot of the saunas with her and she's a big sauna researcher. And, mm. and she actually, when we were over there, interviewed uh, the head researcher in Finland. She went to his university and interviewed him for, for her, uh, her uh, Found My Fitness podcast about the research in Finland that shows that the direct correlation between longevity and saunas in Finland is that the folks who are who are going to the sauna four to five times a week are living a, a crazy significant number of years longer than the folks who aren't. And yeah, maybe part of it is like the social experience in the sauna. Maybe part of it is you're that person who has that two to three hours sure, to visit sure. the sauna, whatever. But there's something going on there. No, I think there. I think that from a personal experience, I definitely notice a difference when I do. And it's interesting when you find techniques like that that seem to be uh, embedded in multiple cultures, um, especially when it's parts of religions and parts of health practices. Like hot and cold contrast, that's a part of every major, most major cultures going oh, back yeah. thousands like of years. Like you go to Japan, it's in the malls. That's it, something I, I learned very. Actually, I took my wife to to a Japanese mall when I was over there racing a triathlon, and we went into the sauna in the mall. And and theirs aren't co-ed. There's like one for sure. for women, one for men. But they got like in the airport, they have like a, a sauna with these amazing like cold baths and hot tubs and warm soaking pools and mm-hmm. hot soaking pools and saunas and steam rooms. Her her major takeaway was that Japanese women don't shave anywhere ever. Uh, that was her. She's, she's like, they have such big bush over here. She's oh like, crazy. <laughs> Any other comments on the sauna experience? No, just, <laughs> just bush, that. bush everywhere. It's like a tarantula yeah. was coming after That's me. That's Adam's favorite. No, I, so since we, uh, we hung out with you too, I mean, two big things were takeaways for me that it was, you know, it's, it's almost like a duh too. And like listening to you talk about, it, I'm like, God, you know, I need to practice that more. One of the big ones was, uh, walking around barefoot more, mm. uh, and getting connected. Like, 
And right right now, like I was I was currently going through uh, some work with our our Cairo, Dr. Brink, who we do work with, who's just a brilliant mind and has like broken me down, like with all my poor connections I have. And, you know, I have a really poor connection with my my feet, and my toes. Like I found it very fascinating that I can't even get him get get them all to move the same on both sides and everything. I thought, wow, that's like. So you need to do more TDCS. Yeah, that's your problem. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the goat man. So I, uh, I've been doing that. And then the, the cold showers, the freezing cold showers in the morning. I mean, and I notice like nothing gets me. I mean, that it trumps the coffee. I mean, nothing gets me like wired and wide awake going after that. The oh, free, yeah. Freezing cold you, shower. You guys saw me in my Jesus sandals right here in the, uh, in the restaurant oh. last night. And they, so these are when you can't go barefoot because it's socially unacceptable. These have, Speaking of uh, you walk uh, on water in those speaking things? of Zach's earlier question about pseudoscience, um, <laughs> the, actually grounding and earthing has a lot of very interesting science behind it, based on the on the natural, very low frequency magnetic field that the Earth produces. It's seven something hertz, like extremely low. I mean, it's a, and it's a pulsed magnetic field, similar to what a cell phone emits, but at a much much lower power than a cell phone. And this actually produces an electrical charge that you absorb when you're when you're standing on Earth. It's the concept of earthing or grounding, where you talk about walking barefoot. It's good for jet lag. It's good for for normalizing your electrical balance after you've been out with appliances and Bluetooth and Wi-Fi and wireless. It's why you feel so great after you've been camping, you know, among a host of other reasons. But these these shoes have copper. Uh, built into the laces and these copper plugs in the bottom of them. So even though my foot isn't touching the ground, it's still conducting the oh. negative ions from the ground up into my foot. Mm. And they're they're patterned after after the uh, the Taramuhara Indian tribe from mm-hmm. that book Born to Run. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so they're technically like barefoot running sandals, but I wear them when I'm traveling because they have the the copper plugs in them, and also they're really super sexy. So besides being, <laughs> as, you, as you can see, because that's what I was that's obvious. Saying, basically, they go great with they're skinny like, they're like, I tore a strip off my tire and put some laces on it. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. To my foot. They go great yeah. with skinny jeans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got the new ones on that didn't explode in the back. I've got one pair of skinny jeans left now. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. Um, yeah. you're, like, you're like the Hulk. Yeah. You like just break, break. Yeah. I, I am known for having some pretty powerful hip extenders. <laughs> yeah. No, I wore my stretchy skinny Please. jeans. And last night in the restaurant, I stood up and started talking about how skinny jeans that stretch are so good for workouts yeah, and squats and i turn around and lo and behold there's, there's a, a giant breeze. rip kyle kingsbury he was he, was uh, it kyle he, who noticed yeah, it yeah, yeah there's a po- there's a photo on his instagram oh i saw of, it. of just the the hole in my pants i don't, I don't remember his instagram <laughs> handle uh but yeah i stood up and my my stretchy jeans ripped <laughs> that was great man yeah good times listen right Listen, if you like listening to Mind Pump, leave us a five-star rating review on iTunes. If we like your review and we pick it, you'll get a free Mind Pump t-shirt. You can also check us out on Instagram at Mind Pump Radio. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal, Adam at Mind Pump Adam, and Justin at Mind Pump Justin. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.